The biggest rugby tournament of the year is coming to a Green King pub near you. Watch all the unmissable action live as Europe's top six battle it out for glory in the Six Nations tournament. In and out, in and out, for the line! Leave your rivalries at the door and get the team together to watch the Six Nations. Feel the excitement and the buzz of coming together to enjoy matchday food and drink at your nearest Green King sports pub. Scores in the corner! The Six Nations and Green King. 18 plus, drinkaware.co.uk. Hi, it's Alfie here, the presenter of The Ruck. Before we get to this week's episode, I want to tell you about Funding Circle. Funding Circle backs small and medium UK businesses with simple, competitive business finance. They've supported over 90,000 British businesses with £12 billion in finance since 2010. So if you're looking to overcome challenges or push your business forward, Funding Circle provides finance that backs you and your business to succeed. And for that reason, they've teamed up with Saracens and England hooker Jamie George. Visit FundingCircle.com to find out how Jamie is growing his business backed by Funding Circle. Funding Circle, business finance that backs you. Intriguingly as well, there's, there's a bar in town called the Cowboy Bar where it has possibly the most, depending on how you look at it, either spectacular or frighteningly awful gentleman's relieving implement. It, it is uh, a I urinal, think. and in the it's urinal the there, is, there is a bust of... The one and only Stephen Jones, who's called a world-class Welsh... Good evening from Auckland, New Zealand. Uh, it's time for The Ruck again, our twice-weekly podcast. And um, I think you could say that from the British and Irish point of view, the atmosphere has changed slightly from before last Saturday. Um, it's a two-centre podcast this week. Uh, first of all, we have um, my colleagues Nick Kane from the Rugby Paper, Peter O'Reilly from the Sunday Times, uh, in our Auckland studios. Then we'll be going across, uh, due to the miracles of modern technology, to Owen Slot, who's down in Queenstown. Um, the Queenstown uh, contingent of junior journalists are down there jet boating, uh, drinking and carousing while the serious journalists remain up here in Auckland. And uh, we've gone to great lengths um, to get you today because we're on the 11th floor of a leading hotel and uh, to get three people up on the 11th floor in the modern days of uh, security cards took us about three hours. Peter, the atmosphere has changed totally, profoundly. Uh, what are your memories of what was an unbelievable day for British-Irish rugby? Um, the memory that sticks out, Steve, is when we came down from the, the press box uh, on our way to the, uh, the press conferences afterwards and we walked into the walkway and there was a, a tide of middle-aged and, uh, men and women from uh, Great Britain and Ireland all wearing red, um, chanting, uh, the chant you all know. Uh, I was reminded of, of 2001 in Brisbane, the day that uh, Brian O'Driscoll announced himself on the world stage. Another 22-year-old as he was then, and the, now the, the Lions had a, a ready-made hero uh, in Maro Otoje. Uh, the, thing, the, the thing that struck me about Maro then, a little bit later on, was when he came to talk to us uh, in the mix zone, uh, how intent he seemed on remaining sober and not over-celebrating the moment. And um, I, there was almost a refrain from the Lions in that, in that press conference that it, it was only half-time. Um, in a three-test series, that's quite some trick. But what, what he was saying, I suppose, was that it's one all, the job isn't finished yet. Um, Sam Warburton said the same thing. So 
while you had the um, the incredible euphoria amongst the fans who'd come so far and had had such a fantastic experience, I was struck by the sobriety of the players. Right, sobriety. That was uh, not much in evidence in uh, in Wellington, Nick. What what are your memories of a, a remarkable weekend? Um, as you say, not much sobriety on the part of uh, ecstatic Lions fans, uh, but they were also in in great voice in the stadium uh, during the course of the game. One of the uh, the marks of rugby in the Southern Hemisphere is that uh, they seem to find it very difficult to get behind their teams in terms of uh, chants and so on. And um, so they get a little bit of help in terms of uh, television prompts. Uh, in this instance, it's a Maori jingle called Tutira Mai. A Murray jingle? We can't say that. It's, 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 it's a sacred, sacred tune. Oh, sorry. It's a sacred jingle. And uh, uh, it's Tutira Mai. And then the Lions did, the fans did a brilliant job of hijacking it with every time it came on Tutira Mai. Lions, lions. <laughs> I thought Tom Jones had retired as well. Um, there was um, some dramatic um, stuff in the in the Kiwi papers. Uh, Hugh McHaggis in the um, in the New Zealand Herald uh, clearly disappointed with Maro Otoji's performance. I believe he only gave him four out of ten. Um, not much bile there. But Peter, I think you um, saw a classic um, image or a, um, a literary allusion in the um, in the Herald. Yeah, obviously one of the things that the the local media have picked up on. Um, is the little bit of edge to the game. Obviously, the fact that, that, that Sonny Bill Williams uh, was red-carded, um, I suppose that became a major talking point. And it, you got the sense in, in, in the local media that there was an expectation that there would be, um, I suppose, an evening up of things uh, when it came to Sean O'Brien's hearing. Uh, so a lot of the copy that was in the morning papers here, which we read over breakfast, uh, wasn't able to take into account the fact that, that Sean O'Brien was eventually... Uh, cleared. There was a lovely image yeah, at the start of a piece in, in the New Zealand Herald where uh, the, the journalist warned the Lions <clears throat> against any taking the high moral ground when it came to foul play and he said uh, that it's all very well to throw out accusations as, as Warren Gatlin did uh, previously on the tour. He said, but if you're going to walk that tightrope, you'd better make sure that you keep your glass house absolutely clean, which I thought was a, was a really marvellous kind of literary effort, um, breaking new ground really. I don't think the mixed metaphor has arrived uh, or the knowledge of it has arrived in, in in New Zealand yet. Also, there was another reference to a colleague, um, Owen Slot, the doyen of uh, podcasting, was described as an English ponce. Now, um, that was very uh, reasonably inaccurate, I felt, but he's definitely English. On the Two Centre podcast, we're now going to ask Nick, what changed for the Lions, Nick, on the field on Saturday? Steve, just just before we we go to that, I'd just like to uh, get go back on the um, on the Kiwi fifth columnists that there are, and um, during the week, obviously there was the uh, furore over uh, Murray being uh, tackled by Kano when he was on one leg, and so on. And when it comes to self righteous indignation, as well as mixed metaphors, there was one that really took the biscuit. Um, t- just try this one for size. Implying the All Blacks are dirty is the unforgivable sin. Questioning their playing ethics and morals is a line that cannot be crossed. 
<laughs> I think you're very unkind there. They've only had one man sent off in all this time at home, Nick. I think you've been very unkind on the on the scene. Staggering, really. Half a century, only one All Black, um, you know, sent off, and in that period, and that was, uh, you know, after Colin Mees, and that was Sonny Bill Williams this weekend, and he deserved to go. There is absolutely not a shadow of a doubt about it, and it's also absolutely right that O'Brien's sighting uh, 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 was not conflated in any way in the disciplinary judgment with the Sonny Bill, Bill Williams decision. I agree with that. Peter, um, uh, Nick didn't quite answer the question then. What, what, what changed with the, for the Lions on Saturday? Where were the key moments where, that, uh, where they, they were powerful, where they weren't uh, in Auckland? Um, well, I think you saw it from the very first, um, the very first exchanges. Um, I have this memory of Alan Wynne Jones absolutely smashing Owen Franks in the tackle. Um, I think they, uh, throughout, they managed to to close down uh, the All Blacks' space, make life difficult. Um, I don't think Sam Warburton necessarily was absolutely at his best, but his engine was incredible, and he seemed to have a an understanding. Um, with Sean O'Brien, uh, so I thought. I thought that obviously the the physicality that the likes of Wind, Alan Wynne Jones and Maro Atoje brought was uh, on a different level. Um, but also the thing that we didn't really see coming was the fact that the Lions would continue to try and play, and that they would they would take on what is what is increasingly a very a very inexperienced three quarter line, an all black three quarter line. Uh, it's going to be fascinating to see what what they what Steve Hansen does for this weekend when it comes to selection because he's lost Ben Smith and Ryan Crotty um, are you know arguably the, the most important backs in his in his armory uh, apart from Bowden Barrett and uh, apart from the halfbacks. So he's got decisions to make. Whatever decisions he makes, though, you're going to talk, you're looking at a, a three quarter line that is about a bad average age of 23 and. Um, what I was really impressed by was that despite the horrible conditions, I don't know if they came across on television or not, but despite those horrible conditions that, that Sexton and, and Owen Farrell continued to play, continued to probe and look for gaps and eventually to find them. And that, that was the, the two tries within the space of 10 minutes. To come from behind was remarkable, but it was a remarkable game. Nick mentioned a biscuit there. I didn't give my own memory of the weekend where... Um, you, we, we, we arrived, um, we got back into uh, Wellington Centre from the ground on one of the media buses and uh, there was just absolute bedlam all over the place, all the way up in the, in the the uh, through the hotel foyer, all the way up in the lift and there was about six parties going on on my floor. And uh, it was one of those things where you, you, you all your inclination are to join in, but because of work I couldn't. And while all the he- hell was breaking loose around me on the floor, all I had to eat was one biscuit, a cookie, in the um, in the mini bar, and the only thing I could find to drink was one of those horrible energy drinks. They reckon they got twenty uh, teaspoonfuls of sugar in them. So that's uh, that's where I was till five a.m. and. Uh, I know everybody thinks stop complaining and I'm not complaining, but uh, it's one of those times where you did feel inclined to join and have a few drinks. Nick, what what changed for the Lions? I think one of the most interesting things is at the start of the tour, the Lions finishing was really not up to scratch at all. And incrementally, they've got better and better. And in this test, they scored, they had probably... Two clear-cut opportunities, and they took both of them. And they took them very, very clinically. And they also uh, made sure that a New Zealand side um, uh, 
that scores tries for fun uh, was nilled on the try count for the first time, I think, for 15 years. I think my, my two colleagues have been very hard on um, New Zealand, making fun of the journalists and things like that. But I think I should, as usual, bring in a, a, a pro Kiwi note here because I think uh, they, uh, the coaches and the and the country, actually in large part, uh, uh, Hugh McHaggis uh, didn't quite join the, the party, but uh, in large part took it on the chin and and were quite gracious. So um, that was fine. I, I just thought it was a sensational atmosphere. And um, you must remember that uh, well, there's 20,000 people come down and for the people who organise these tours or disorganise these tours, uh, why should they not be, be taken into account and the interests of these people who pay absolute tens of thousands come down, their interests should be taken into account too. Nick? Also, just to give some balance to it, I think that New Zealand's unearthed a, a gem of a commentator, a broadcaster, in the former all-black scrum half, Justin Marshall, who's absolutely balanced in terms of what he says and is a very, very informed and very good commentator, and I think we'd all agree on that. Yeah, I thought it was, it was interesting that some of the detail he would go into, for example, he was talking about Bowden Barrett's place-kicking style, the fact that he keeps the ball low, but he, that he gets a lot of shape on, on the kick as well, which perhaps... Uh, invites a degree of uh, inconsistency. He goes into that sort of detail, but I think it's a, his objectivity and his uh, his balance that sticks out as well. And um, we, we'll be obviously on Thursday's podcast, Thursday's uh, edition of the Ruck. We'll be looking forward to the Test match. I think we'll be, uh, unless I'm completely wrong, um, sounding a very warning note that the euphoria ends now because um, we all know that the Black Lash will be absolutely f- uh, phenomenal. Um, so uh, we'll have uh, the English Ponts back with us then and also um, Stuart Barnes who's currently groaning in, in his hotel room but we won't go into that there was another story round on the weekend um, uh, in, in the Sunday Times and uh, by the way we should say thanks for everyone who remarked on our coverage uh, on Sunday I'm sure that the rugby paper was, was the same Nick um, there's a story about the, uh, the, the Pro 12 um, is going to be boosted by uh, two South African teams, the Cheetahs and the Southern Kings. And um, a bold move by the Pro 12 uh, to kick some life into the tournament. Uh, they're also promising uh, um, uh, American teams after that. So you've now got this huge cross-border thing and, in fact, cross-hemisphere thing. Peter, you spend a lot of time um, uh, covering the Pro 12. What are your impressions of, of this move? And then we'll ask Nick of the same. OK, well... I think it's very exciting, uh, as you say. It does. It, it it has the potential to to uh, to spark the competition, and it does need a spark. Certainly, uh, I never thought we'd see a day when you'd have a cross cross hemisphere uh, weekly competition, uh, and I, I can see all sorts of problems. So that I suppose that's that's the natural reaction when you hear about a competition that's going to be run across. Um, three continents if, if they do get the northern Hemis- sorry the North American sides involved it just seems completely unwieldy and immediately you're struck by loads of problems loads of uh, pitfalls um, but I also understand from the story obviously that there's a there are business reasons for it to work uh, that the South African TV money is very attractive to the to Celtic rugby um, we're talking about a complete uh, change in terms of structure um, maybe the possibility of two conferences and immediately you wonder well how does that affect qualification for Europe but I think there's a there's a willingness to make this work uh, and there, but there are all sorts of um, ramifications then for super rugby as well so it's a it's a massive story um, and it'll be fascinating to see how it plays out 
I mean, this is maybe really going down the line a lot, but um, these two teams have not been successful. But I think that, um, you know, in the, in the European markets, there is more finance available and you'd hope that they would strengthen their teams. They've got two fantastic uh, stadiums, um, the Nelson Mandela Bay Stadium and obviously uh, the stadium in Bloemfontein. They're terrific. And then, um, you know, if that goes well, then it may attract South African players to these two provinces. The biggest rugby tournament of the year is coming to a Green King pub near you. Watch all the unmissable action live as Europe's top six battle it out for glory in the Six Nations tournament. In and out, in and out, for the line! Leave your rivalries at the door and get their team together to watch their Six Nations. Feel the excitement and the buzz of coming together to enjoy matchday food and drink at your nearest Green King sports pub. Scores in the corner! The Six Nations and Green King. 18 plus drinkaware.co.uk Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Ruck Podcast is proud to be sponsored by Funding Circle and Saracens, British and Irish Lions and England hooker Jamie George is with me to explain how Funding Circle are supporting small and medium-sized UK businesses because Jamie, you, as well as being a rugby player, are also a small business owner. Yeah, I own a business with uh, a good school friend of mine, Reese Carter. It's called Carter and George. We're a physiotherapy business. Uh, we've been up and running for about six years now. And sort of our strap line is delivering the same level of care I get as a professional sportsman to the general public. If you're looking to improve different parts of your business or hire talent with extra know-how, Funding Circle provides finance that backs you and your business to succeed. Jamie, you want to do the sign-off for us? Absolutely. Funding Circle, business finance that backs you. Visit FundingCircle.com to find out how I'm growing my business backed by Funding Circle. Because maybe the salaries will be bigger, so you don't know. And let's be fair, when you see a lot of the Super 12 this year, the miserable crowds you see, especially in South Africa and uh, and Australia, I mean, maybe it'll be the kick that both the uh, the competitions need. Nick, your impressions on um, uh, kind of global Pro 12? I think it's essential that the uh, South Africans um, did something to look outside a Sanzar competition that appears to be coming more and more moribund. Um, I think obviously there there is the potential because there's a large South African diaspora in the UK and in Europe and also I think possibly even in the States. So. The idea that they won't get support when they come up to the Northern Hemisphere, I think, may be mistaken. Um, But I I do think that more than anything, that they need a new dynamic. The South Africans need a new dynamic in their game. And actually, I think that, you know, super rugby needs a new dynamic. The New Zealand teams are absolutely dominant. Nobody else can get near them. There was a result uh, between the Lions, the South African Lions, uh, in Johannesburg and the Sunwolves, where they put nearly 100 points over the, uh, the Japanese uh, franchise. And you have to say, who's going to go and watch this stuff? 
And and actually, the answer is not very many people. And I think you know they're going to have to find a way to. I mean, Leinster have got to play Munster if it goes to conferences. They've got to have those big fixtures, and you know Newport. Uh, sorry, the Dragons have got to play uh, the, the Blues, etc. So uh, there's a long way to go. But I mean, at least it's an attempt. And far too much rugby officialdom is, is it tends to stay with the status quo. Well, we feel a little bit lonely uh, up in Auckland. Oh, looking out uh, uh, from my um, castle uh, across the city here, Peter, the Lions have gone to Queenstown to get away from it all. Good, good move. Yeah, we are the the remainers, the remain faction here in Auckland. Uh, I think I like I like the idea um, of getting away from it all. It worked really well for the Lions when they went to Noosa between Tests two and three in Australia four years ago. The idea that they're getting away from it all in Queenstown is a bit of a bit of a joke, though, because I think every package tour will be heading down to what is you know New Zealand's. And it's the winter holiday venue. So I think when they look out their window, the Lions may find that they've got plenty of company. Um, but a change of scene will will do them some good. Um, and I can I can see them coming back up uh, revived. And certainly what you sense from, from talking to the players is that there is no aura about this all black side to them. I know we'll talk about this more on Thursday, but um, they feel that there's a there's a job to be done, and there's no possibility that they will uh, take their eye off the ball in Queenstown as Ireland did a few years ago when they were stuffed the following week. Nick, um, you've been um, getting about meeting the, the the folk of New Zealand uh, last week. I think you shared um, uh, a combination with the New Zealand family because you wanted to get under the skin of the country. This week, uh, you're in a little glittering hotel high above Auckland. Also, you've escaped the dread spectre of the lines being 2-0 down with a possible whitewash. So you must be absolutely laughing your head off now. Now you're in a, a glorious combination and uh, with the Lions possibly winning the series. How cheerful are you? I, I'm, I'm ecstatic. I find the, uh, the Kiwis, when it comes to anything bar rugby, they are delightful, charming and very hospitable people. When it comes to rugby... There's a, uh, a degree of a lack of humility. Having been here in 2005 when uh, there was the worst blackwash of all time and we sort of drifted around the streets of Auckland <laughs> waiting, waiting for the, uh, the flight home, this is a very different feeling, very upbeat. Um, I, I, I do believe that the Lions can do it and if they do, it will be a useful uh, check for New Zealand rugby in many ways because... I think that they've 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 begun to think that they are the only people who who can play the game with any degree of ability. Okay, well, thanks for that. There's a few um, car problems around. I've got a note from uh, urgent message from Avis saying where was the hire car, which I dropped off two weeks ago. So I probably owe so much on that now. It's probably it's probably mine. That's a bit difficult. Peter's obviously made uh, also made a decision. He didn't like the idea that he was labelled as an upper class uh, Dublin twit recently. So he's now from now on agreed to share his car with his chauffeur, which he didn't before. And also Nick uh, um, had some car problems at the, at the announcement of the Lions team in uh, Cyan Park in Brentford, where in his hurry to get there, he drove up a bollard, impaled the car on a bollard, and it remained there for weeks. But it's now been moved, we understand, or Nick tells us, to the Tate Modern, uh, where it's... Um, <laughs> It's there as a, an exhibit about the, uh, the the cruelties of modern day life because actually Nick blamed the bollard, which wasn't moving, uh, for the for the incident. Uh, we're now going over to the English Ponce uh, Owen Slot. 
uh, to bring us up to date um, on the spot in Queenstown uh, with the Lions and uh, the general carousing. And uh, over to you, Slotty. This is Owen Slot, and I'm not with Stephen Jones. After five weeks, I finally managed to break away. Uh, I think we both needed the, the time and the space. Uh, every close relationship needs it after a while. Uh, I'm in Queenstown. Uh, the Lions are in Queenstown. And also in Queenstown with me is uh, Johnny Fordham of The Sun. Johnny, how are you going? Absolutely brilliant. This is one of the most fantastic places I think I've ever been to. It's stunning, isn't it? Absolutely beautiful. Amazing. Uh, the Lions have come here for some R&R, but um, the, the media pack are working on, aren't we? Yes. I mean, there's always stories to be filed, uh, interviews to be uh, done and transcribed. So, yeah, we're, we're a hard, hard graft here whilst the Lions swan off doing their uh, uh, activities, whatever that might be. Obviously, I'm sure a lot of your listeners know all about Queenstown from the 2011 World Cup and certain exploits from England players in a bar uh, just down the road from us. So, uh, yeah. One other point, on Sunday morning, Wellington, I got an early flight, uh, Wellington to Queenstown, except it didn't go to Queenstown. Nope, uh, skies above Queenstown were rough and I was uh, sent to Dunedin instead, um, where I was, how long ago, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, who knows, seven years ago probably, Um, Dunedin to Queenstown in a bus, that's how I got here. Um, I was due to arrive at Queenstown uh, on the plane at half ten, uh, got the bus. It took four and a half hours to get here. I cursed and I shouldn't have done. Um, it was lovely, actually. I couldn't work because I was cramped and it was a bumpy road. I could do nothing apart from uh, listen to some music and stare out of the window at the most beautiful countryside. It was grey. It was raining, um, spitting, uh, had that sort of kiwi mist, thick kiwi mist coming in and out. And for four and a half hours, we went through the most magnificent scenery. And it was just a reminder of a place we are. Um, uh, It was a reminder that the Test match, the Test series, is a wonderful thing. uh, But this is a far bigger place than who wins on Saturday. Forgive me for trying to sound, not trying to sound, forgive me for sounding philosophical, poetical, tired, exhausted, however it sounds after uh, nearly six weeks on tour. But it was just a wonderful thing, and it's important to remember what a magnificent country we're in. But anyway, but Johnny, we are going uh, into town. We have one uh, specific job on our hands, don't we? Which is to... Yes, well, intriguingly as well, there's, there's a bar in town called the Cowboy Bar, where it has possibly the most, uh, well, depending on how you look at it, either spectacular or frighteningly awful... Um, how should we say this? Uh, gentleman's relieving implement. Oh no, actually, uh, uh, urinal. It, it is uh, a urinal, and in the it's urinal the there way. is there is a bust of uh, the one and only Stephen Jones, who's called a world class Welsh. And then obviously I can't repeat the next word uh, above it. But uh, yeah, they don't take too uh, too kindly for Jonesy in this. He's um, I mean, that was obviously taken a while ago because he says his tash there. <laughs> He's looking very smart in his suit, but. Um, but yes. to get to the point, we're, we're, we're going into Queenstown this evening and it would be rude not to urinate on, on Jonesy, wouldn't it? <laughs> I mean, absolutely. I mean, he has to have it. Uh, I don't know how many years that's been there for now. Um, but it's, it's still looking in good nick from the picture that I've seen from someone who has already gone on there to frequently uh, urinate all over Stephen Jones, as a lot of people do in Queenstown. Uh, Johnny, um, more seriously, if that's possible... Mm. Um, 
Uh, we are, what are we, five days from uh, something quite stratospheric in, in the sport of rugby. Uh, I don't think you or I ever thought we would get to, to one all at this, uh, at, uh, this stage in the series. Uh, what, uh, what are your outstanding recollections of the massive Saturday night in Wellington? Uh, well, first of all, because we were right amongst them, I think the fans is the, is the first thing that I'm always going to remember that game for. It was absolutely incredible. I've never been at a, a rugby match where the atmosphere has been quite like it. I don't, I don't know if you have, but having 20,000 fans uh, singing the Lions chant, Oh, Maru Atoje, uh, it was absolutely it was brilliant. It just extraordinary, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's something that... It will, that will be iconic, I think. Whatever happens in this third test in Auckland. I think that will be one of those iconic moments, uh, not only in sport, but the Lions, obviously. And I think that it will be one of those kind of I was there moments for, for years to come as well. I felt that the, the way that the crowd just suddenly sort of clung onto Marrow as, as, the, as the topic of their, of their chorus, if you like, it was reminiscent of, um, of 2003 when, when Johnny Wilkinson just suddenly emerged as, as similarly the, 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 the person that everyone, was, the whole crowd was singing, singing about. And I felt that... Um, uh, that Saturday at the West Bank in, in Wellington was was like Sydney in two thousand and three. That the noise, the fervour, the, the the feeling that you were somewhere really special um, within the game. And any sort of bits or pieces particularly stick? Um, I guess the one thing that's going to stick out is is all those penalties. That stream of about eight penalties in the second half, and that was the point where you just thought, "Wow, they've given us away." Obviously, the Sunny Bill Williams uh, red card that kind of set it all up. But then the Lions didn't quite follow the script, did they? They decided to kind of implode and self-destruct instead. So that string of eight penalties, and then all of a sudden it just started kind of, the momentum started shifting the other way back into the Lions' favour. Um, and then obviously Owen Farrell with the kick to win it at the end. Obviously, fantastic Faletau try. Conor Murray, great sniping. We haven't seen that too much of that from him. Um, Reese Webb obviously did it the week before, and he's now copied this week. I wanted um, I wanted Reese Webb to come on, but I was proved wrong. Um, I wanted uh, um, Ben Teo to start outside Owen Farrell. I was proven wrong. Uh, I wanted um, Alan Wynne Jones to not even be in the in the twenty three. So um, so these are what this is one of those days where you have to nod and acknowledge the the, the superior wisdom and, and and the the fact that, that Gatlin got it right. Yeah, I mean there was obviously a lot of trust placed in Alan Wynne Jones' shoulders there because. He had an absolute stinker in that first game. I thought he was completely uh, absent for pretty much most of it. And I wanted Maratosha to start in that first game. I thought he deserved to start in that first game alongside George Cruz. I thought that was going to be nailed on. But personally, I, d- I don't think there there should be any changes this weekend. I think the one th- the one player that I'd like to see given more minutes, you obviously mentioned Reese Webb there, the one player that I'd like to see given more time on off the bench would be Courtney Laws. And possibly bring Ian, Ian Henderson onto the bench if there's a place for him somewhere. Too many, too many good locks on this tour, aren't there? Um, yeah. yeah, I agree with you. There's uh, there's four seriously good locks. Well, he, George Cruz was pretty good until the first test. So um, uh, that's another that's another thing for Gatlin. I suppose we're waiting for um, uh, selection for the for the final test is the, is the big thing. I mean, would you make changes? I've sort of scratched my chin on this uh, for a couple of days, and uh, I'm still not persuaded he has to make any. I, I, I don't think he has uh, has to also but if you look at Warren Gatman's history I think he 
quite enjoys making changes and and little tweaks here and there. Obviously, um, we all know what happened uh, four years ago in Sydney when he dropped Brian O'Driscoll. So whether or not there's one of these big kind of Brian O'Driscoll moments out here in, in Auckland. I just uh, can't see how that could be. I mean, the, is there anything that needs fixing? I don't think so. I mean, oh, I guess you look at some of the key areas, you look at the props and you say, well, Maca Polar gave away a lot of stupid penalties. I but, think there's but an do argument you punish for him for, for, for giving away those penalties, which didn't, in the end, I guess he could argue, it didn't, in the end, cost them the game. It could have, but it didn't. There's a strong argument for using Maca off the bench uh, yeah. he, because he is the, the definition of impact, isn't he, with his carrying. Um, uh, but... But until now he's been so good that I would say why well, you have to start him so I, I agree with you that, that, that that's where there would be a question I also wonder um, could you tinker with the bench CJ Sander never actually came on but uh, on a dry track um, uh, would Justin Tipperick be um, uh, be a card to play late in the game? Possibly but I, I quite like having Courtney Laws as a, as a as a back row option which is why I mentioned Henderson I thought he was brilliant in that last game in uh in Wellington, the midweek game that they drew, I I think that he he deserves a shot. I think that he's been one of the kind of unsung heroes of that midweek side. We've yeah. seen him really grab games by the scruff of the neck when that midweek team were up against it, and I think that he's proven that in that side. So why not give him a crack? Stick him on the bench. He can be the second row cover. Well, he can obviously cover back row as well. So him him and Laws. I, I think that there's a there's the option of that. I don't think it will happen, but that's something that I would I would like to see personally. Mm. Thirty six hours until the team is announced. Um, that's pretty exciting. Uh, until then, J- Johnny and I are going to go and, and meet Steve Jones's bust mm. in the urinals in Queenstown. Look forward to the um, uh, final edition of the Ruck or pre third test edition of the Ruck later in the week. Thanks for listening to the Ruck Podcast. We're delighted to be teaming up with Funding Circle. And Funding Circle Ambassador Jamie George is with me. All right, Jamie? Hello. Hello. How are you? All good. Good, good. So away from Saracens and England duty, you are a business owner. And Funding Circle is a huge supporter of small and medium-sized UK businesses. How have they helped you? Yeah, so uh, I've got a business with a friend of mine. It's a physiotherapy business, effectively delivering the same level of care I get as a professional sportsman to the general public. And we've been looking to expand and grow the business as quickly as we can. And with the financial products that Funding Circle have done, we wouldn't have been able to do it without them. So Funding Circle has been supporting small businesses with access to the finance they need to grow since 2010. And they know that like rugby, running a business takes hard work, drive and a good team supporting you. If you want to invest in your business and take your team to the next level, Funding Circle provides finance that backs you and your business to succeed. Visit FundingCircle.com to find out how Jamie is growing his business backed by Funding Circle. Jamie, can you do the honours? Funding Circle, business finance that backs you. Six nations and six amazing chances to win an unforgettable adventure for you and five mates in a Six Nations European host city of your choice. To take part, enter online now at greenking.co.uk slash rugby. Six nations, six mates and six international rugby getaways worth £3,000. Scrum down and sign up to win at greenking.co.uk slash rugby and watch all the Six Nations action live at your local Green King pub. Terms and conditions apply 18plusdrinkaware.co.uk. Okay.